David Osikin is in the pocket is sponsored by the School of Rock Mainline and Kroger Percussion. I'd like to thank the School of Rock Mainline located at 511 Old Lancaster Road in Berwyn. You can visit their website at schoolofrock.com. As for Dave Marsh or Rick Allison, I'd like to thank Kroger Percussion at krogerpercussion.com at a backslash ITP and it'll bring you to a website. You'll get a 5% discount. Call Eric Metz at 215-669-8588. That's KrogerPercussion.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the David Osikinen In the Pocket podcast. Today is Wednesday. Is it June 8th? I think it's June 8th. Can you believe it? The year is running by quickly. So here we are. At uh, I'm in my basement. I'm joined by my my co-host and my buddy, Freddie B. How you doing, Fred? I'm doing good. Good to be here. Excellent. And we are, I'm really happy to uh, have our guest on. We've been trying to do this for a few weeks. He's a very busy guy. He's a brilliant guitar player. Uh, I'm learning more and more about him at, 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 since we do this podcast. It's a great thing about doing that. I can do research and find out about these cool things about our buddy here, Joe Mass. How you doing, Joe? Thank you so much for having me on. And hey, Fred. What's up, Joe? <laughs> it's great to see you, Joe. Listen, man, uh, We tr- just to kind of let everybody know, we because we, we tried to do this podcast last week and, uh, and, we, and we're using a new program. And uh, I wasn't technically, um, can I say that? Technically, uh, set up to do it. And, uh, but now we're rolling and here we are. And, uh, uh, we started when I promo Joe being on the, uh, podcast, I mentioned his association with, uh, Bootsy Collins and, uh, but he's got so much more going on. You know, he, he's constantly in motion, which, uh, nowadays is, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing after what we just experienced with the, uh, COVID thing pandemic and, you know, uh, Joe, from what I understand was busier than ever. And he still, and he still is, uh, at the last week, we were, we briefly touched on this a little bit because I want to hear about the Bootsy thing, but you brought up something about the guitar network, the thing you're doing with Joe Bonamassa that I found fa- fascinating, which keeps you busy every day doing something. So first off, uh, you know, what are you doing with yourself of late, Joe? What's happening, man? Well, um, yeah, I just, I just did, I actually just did something for All Guitar Network uh, yesterday. So All Guitar Network came um, from my association with um, Norman Harris. Uh, Norman Harris and Joe best friends. So Norm Harris and Joe, they developed this thing called All Guitar Network. And um, I played Texas for a number of years, and um, I met... Norman, Texas, when I did the uh, International Guitar Festival. And I, I asked Norm um, if he would listen to one of my little clips. I, I record, like, if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see it. Like, I record these little guitar clips, and, um, yeah, I put them up. And they're like a minute or two of me just soloing, you know. So I, I sent him a couple, and him and Joe uh, watched what I did and they loved it. So got back to me and he said, I'm going to put you in touch with the, our producer, Mark Rivette, and we're going to have you on every day. <laughs> Doing this segment 
called Morning Joe Mass. It's me playing pajamas, and I, I do this little thing. It's it's expanded a little bit. I do lessons now too. Um, you know, back back when I started doing it, it was it was myself, John Five, and Slash that doing doing this. But now it's everybody. Now it's Griff Hamlin does his lessons, and you know, there's 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 many 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 guitar players on it. Feature and and Joe does his thing when he's not touring. He'll he'll do a couple little clips here and there. And the um, uh, Tim Pierce, he he's pretty prominent. I don't know if you know Tim. Tim played with um, many different artists in the eight, and he's a big. Um, one of the guys that he toured with and still does stuff with is Rick Springfield. So, but Norm really, Norm is the guy who got me the gig on on, on that network. Yeah, I mean that must be an amazing thing to even think about. I mean, you're a, a guitar aficionado, and then obviously guitar aficionados like drum aficionados. We we know who is a real great guitarist, great guitar player that's constantly staying on top of the game. When you think of somebody, somebody like Joe Bonamassa, who I've seen a number of times, and Actually, my my bandmate Eric actually did a tour with him, and so I saw him uh, and I met him after a show. and And I know this guy is constantly uh, for him to to see your video and say, "Hey, I want you to uh, I want you to put something together for me every day." That's really say some says something, right? Well, you know, you, how'd you feel about that? <laughs> him or more Norm because, but Norm is a you know pretty important cat in L.A. right now. He's He's not doing as well as he was. He's 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 in the hospital, but he's getting so. Yes, shout out to Norman's Rare Guitars in in uh, Tarzana, California. Uh, but but one thing that did happen out of that whole thing was I was trying to get myself <laughs> I was trying to get myself into a guitar magazine, you know. So I was trying this thing in Vintage Guitar Mag that's called First Fret. Where it's a, like one little page of of what you do, and you know, kind of like I I I picture myself as you know just kind of a journeyman because I do so many different things, and so um, I called them and and there was really no response, but as soon as they found out that I was on All Guitar Network, they put me in a the feature article with Joe. Joe was four ahead of me, and then I was the pages, and and uh, they called me and they said we're going to do a full feature on you. I'm like, I just I just want to clarify something for the people out there. The Norman Harris that Joe is talking about is not the guy from Philadelphia who played for all Gamble and Huff Records. Different Norman. Yeah, Nor Norman Harris is um, a guitar dealer that has a store and has had this store since 1975 in Tarzana, California, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, as you know. But um, he, he's the guy who, um, you know, got basically got me the, uh, the, the thing called Guitar Network. How long have you been doing this, Joe? How long have I been doing All Guitar Network? About 
um, about three years now. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's like anybody can really do it now. It's like it's not that impressive. <laughs> um, you could you could get yourself on, but I'm I'm in the AGN AGN Pro lines where you know they have all Slash and John Five and me and and but anybody can actually do it now, which is great. You know, network and and play a little bit and and have some fun, and it's pretty cool. And the producer. Uh, Mark, he he lives in Hawaii, so I talk to him all the time. Very cool, very cool. So, leading up to that whole thing, I mean, uh, when we first met a few years ago, you mentioned that you were heading to New York, or you were doing some tracks for Bootsy Collins, and uh, how'd that association come back with you and Bootsy? I mean, how did you know? Because I know he's not a Philly guy. Even though he would come to Philly a bit, how did that happen? I have to mention Fred D. Tommaso, and everybody knows Fred. Oh, Fred love Freddie. Freddie D. Yeah, Good we man. love Fred. Fred, um, he got me the Nam show. I started doing Nam in '05, and it was for Fred's company. And at that time, they were distributed by Fender. They're called the Andrea products. So I, I was playing in LA at the NAMM show and um, right, I was playing with the violinist from Parliament. Oh. George uh, had a violinist a long time ago named Owen B. So Owen B and I were, were demoing wah-wah pedals. He plays like Hendrix playing violin. I was doing my thing. Mm -hmm. And out front of me was this gentleman that I recognized, and it was Bernie Worrell. So Bernie, <laughs> Bernie went into the booth where Bootsy was. He Bootsy was signing autographs in the booth, and I was demoing his new Bootsilla Wawa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you, and, do you remember what year that was? Yeah, it was '05. Okay. So Bernie Worrell said to Bootsy, "Hey, you, you got to come and see this kid play. Kid, right? Yeah. You got to see this kid guitar. Yeah. yeah. So." Oh. Bootsy watched me play guitar and he, he said, Hey man, we got to hook up and here's my email. I'm going to send you stuff tomorrow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't really think anything of it. I mean, he is Bootsy Collins, yeah, you know, sure. Sure. he's working with Buckethead. Oh, and yeah. this guy. He, he sent me a track the next day. He sent me something to play on and he said, you know, try this. I, I'll give you direction. And um, then we talked on the phone, and then I sent it back to him. Um, you know, I did it. I forget where I did that. I, I think it was at Range uh, with Aaron Levinson. Mm. Um, yeah. But we recorded something, and we sent it. Or, or was it with Brian Bricklin? It might have been with Brian. And we sent it back to him, and, um, and he loved it. So from then on, I had this working relationship with Bootsy Collins. Yeah. And... And um, and I did two records with him, and then the third record I did was Worldwide Funk, which was released in uh, 2017. Uh -huh. And we took this tour all throughout. We started in Hawaii. Oh, great! And then we I, that that's what I was just going to ask you if you did any live playing with him if you were out on the road. So you'd you know. Yeah, we were in Hawaii, and we did um, we did this huge concert. Um, for Ocean Aid, it's for saving, you know, 
saving the oceans of the world. Not a bad idea. And um, yeah. we did that with CeeLo Green. That was CeeLo Green. Was oh, nice. And and um, Bootsy said to me, I, 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 there's something wrong. Like, I, I can't hear things right. Um, so he went to the doctor, and we had this whole tour scheduled. Um, we were doing the Hague. You've done the Hague, right? And, and uh, the Forum and um, all these places in Europe. And uh, I was on my way to Dallas to play the International Guitar Festival. And I was on getting on the plane, and I got a text from Bootsy's management. The whole tour got canceled because a tumor behind his eardrum. But he's okay. It was benign, but we couldn't fly. So we couldn't tour. And he wanted to get it removed, and, you know, he had an operation. And, 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 but, but he's fine. He's fine. So after that, Bootsy said, I don't know if I want to tour anymore. I think I'm going to stay in the studio and make records. But we were supporting the, the worldwide funk record then. Yeah, great. And it's, uh, it's uh, there's, there's three or four guitar players on it. There's myself. There's Buckethead. Uh, Brian, well, I know him as Brian Carroll, but Buckethead. And there was um, Eric Gals, new blues players on there, and the Cheatham's were on there too, which is kind of a go-to for Bootsy. Oh, that's remarkable, man. I mean, I don't think uh, like I wasn't aware of it, and I, and I mean, I'm more of a listener. Like I, I I got you know nowadays it's even super easy with all the all the um, formats out there to listen Spotify and all this uh, iTunes. You can. I mean, I'm more of a listener, but. I really, I, I, I must say, I, I try to, you know, hear something go, well, who's playing on that or whatever, you know, but, you know, those days of ma making records where you were looking at an album jacket and seeing who reading liner notes and things like that is something that's kind of got lost, but you've, you've done plenty of side work and playing on different records, which, you know, keeps you, keeps you a busy man, you know I mean? And it's remarkable the people that you're associating with. I mean, those names you're talking about, like I, I really didn't know a lot about John Five until my buddy Rick Cornitti, who was uh, a long time, like I got, he was a part of Cinderella, but not playing on stage, but we're buddies. And he collects, he's got a great, amazing collection of guitars. And I'd hang with him and he was telling me about this guy, John Five. And uh, I mean, you know, and, and it's weird, you know, Buckethead is another guy that you would hear that was, you know, when, when any guitar player or something went, you know, you need somebody. His name was always mentioned. And now I'm hearing about Joe Mass, you know, so it's it's really cool, Joe. It's really cool that you you, you keep the train rolling, train on the tracks, man. It's really cool. Yeah. One thing I got to say is like, and I played with a, a lot of different people that are pretty famous. I, I, I still work for EBE, Event on Expectations, where we do affairs weddings all that because i'm a i'm a working musician you know uh, that's and and they've been so good to me and you know uh at something on saturday I, i'll i'll go play a wedding uh, that's that's the, the money's great and pr i'll tell you the truth um to be a, a wedding cat like to do that type of work, you got to be good yeah, too. Yeah, you, you got oh, to yeah. straddle a lot of different genres. You got to, 
you got to know your parts. You got to have some good recall. You got to be able to read. I mean, and there's a lot of guys I know that don't read that do that, but they got a special thing going on. You know, it's, it, it's a lot of work, man. And anybody that thinks that because you're doing something like that, there's, you know, because I remember in New York, there, there were people, uh, famous guitar players are doing exactly, you know, what you're doing. And that's amazing. And very cool. It keeps your chops up too. Yeah, not only, but um, you know, like I'll play, I'll play the ceremony on piano, and then I have this app on my phone called iReal Pro, and that lets me get into all the real book stuff, and it gives me the background with drums, bass, and piano, and I can mix that any way I want to, and the sound man he drops me. Uh, a, a nice full range speaker. I bring my little amp. I plug, and I'll play anything from all the things you are to Sonny. And I'll do like I love Pat Martino. So when I play Sonny, I quote unquote try to do a little. <laughs> did you know it? Did you know a joke? Uh, did you know Pat at all? Because and some I have some a local friend that I used to play with, John Mulhern, that played in this band, and they were good. They were good buds. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, did you know him as well? Did you ever meet Pat? Yes, I met him many times. Um, and w did I know him well? I, I would have to say I certainly didn't know him like Gino White did or like right. the best grown did because uh, best grown toured Italy with him. But I, I, I knew Pat well enough to say hello to him and talk to him mm. about music. Yeah. That's the extent I knew Pat Martino. Right. Uh, but when when I was a kid, I wore out the Pat Martino live record on the music oh, yeah. label. When he played Sonny, that was, to me, the introduction to jazz that I needed. And then from then on in, I bought Wes Montgomery mm. records. I, I studied Wes Montgomery, the way he played polka dots and moonbeams. I loved that. I mean, and, 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 and West Coast blues and all that music. And Pat Martino, Sonny, uh, yep. the great stream, uh, all his, all his, he was the master of the 16th note feel. Yeah. Pat played 16th notes like perfectly. And when I talked to Best Grown about Pat, he said, yeah, you know, Pat basically used bass strings on his guitar. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Like, but um, yeah. I think he was, um, you know, there's so much great jazz that came out of Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, let's, totally. You know, Coltrane um, studied here with Dennis Sandoli. Wow. So did Pat, right? Was the only was the first guy to tell John Coltrane, "Hey, John, I think you're reaching for a higher sound. I think you should try a soprano saxophone." And went out and bought a soprano like the next day. And then there's like Jimmy Bruno, and the guy that I studied with was Chuck Anderson, and, and he was he was the teacher who showed me how to how to how to pick. I mean, Chuck showed me what to do with a pick. There's no question about it. When I was a kid, he was the cat, man. And he had to pick the guitar. Another guy that I, I learned stuff from, and his name was Nick Lewis. Nick Lewis, he could play blues, and, and he was this. So I learned how to 
do vibrato from Nick Lewis, and I learned how to pick from Chuck. Wow. So you weren't necessarily somebody you didn't. So you studied privately with these guys. It wasn't you were. I, I didn't study with Nick. I watched. Oh, him. there you go. And, and it's like studying. You're going up to see him. I get it. Yeah, I studied with Chuck though. Chuck like showed me how to read and 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 like up to that point I was self-taught but I learned how to read from from Chuck and um also um you know then then things took on a, a different thing I got into I got into um different different things and then I started I I I I met this guy named Lou Luzzi and he was from New York and he was a great saxophonist and I was reading the book Chasing the Train and I'm like you know what I really want to learn how to play saxophone. So I went to Lou's apartment. <laughs> right. And you know, it's funny. I forget who it was, but somebody just mentioned the other day about your sax playing. And I know that you've been very encouraging to me about my trumpet playing. And I remember yeah. you pulled it out. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're using def different senses when you're using an instrument like that. But I, I wasn't, you know, one day, you know, you were encouraging me and then I saw you pull out your sax and you started playing and you were like, whoa, this cat can play, you know, well, it's really cool. Let me let me say one thing. OK, well, I, I went to Lou and Lou said, let's go get a saxophone. Uh. The day I learned saxophone. So we went and running an alto and I learned out of the universal book. I played nothing but classical music and and. And just just rudimental exercises were in that book, and 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 that's and he taught me how really how not to overblow, and, and there was just so much going on with the amateur that that he was showing me. Um, but I must say that I, I I call myself a good actor on set. <laughs> in other words. Uh, I'm playing on. Uh, I'm doing this jazz record too, and the people I have on the jazz record, I have uh, Jimmy Haslip from the Yellow Jazz producing my my jazz record. I have him. I have um, Russell Ferrante is playing piano. Jeff Lorber actually wrote me a song to play on. Randy Brecker's playing the trumpet, and uh, Bob Mincer's playing saxophone. Uh, uh, Gary Novak is yeah. from Chicago. I know Gary. Oh, know Gary. yeah. I have Dave Weckl playing drums and my cousin Eric Scattereggio playing drums. And he's also co-producing this with Jimmy. So um, I played I played tenor on three things. And I have this little hook that I do with tenor saxophone where I, I do four parts and I compose these great little saxophone arrangements. But um, when it comes to soloing, like I did when I did the Bootsy record, and both these records haven't been released yet, by the way, but when I did the Bootsy record, of course, I hired Jay Davidson to play saxophone. Not bad. Nice. He killed it. Yeah, he, he's, he's great. Killed, oh, of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what am I on saxophone? I, I, I'm a pretty good actor. I'm, uh, you know, I, I yeah, think, yeah. man, it's really good. Yeah. But really, spoken mirror. Yeah, well, you, you impressed <laughs> me. Hey, uh, so I I have a few tracks of yours lined up. And and uh, so I I, I want to give people a sample of what you're doing. And uh, you said these albums are, are, I have James Bond, Blue and Green, Love is Power. 
And I want to, are these all from the same album or, or what's oh. the deal with this? James Bond and Love is Power is from the album that's going to be released called Connections on the Bootsilla record label. And I think our distribution is UK Warner Brothers uh, hasn't been released yet. Uh, other record will also be on the same label, but that's Jimmy Haslip producing. And that's Blue and Green. Blue and Green record. And you'll hear myself, Randy Brecker. Um, who else is on that? Jimmy's playing bass. Jimmy Haslip playing bass. Um, my cousin Eric Scattereggi is playing drums on that. Are you, um, is there any sax on that? And you put, you're not playing sax on this one, are you? Randy's wife, Otta Brecker, is, is a fantastic saxophonist. She's very, very famous, too, in the jazz. So Otta playing saxophone. Um, Jimmy's playing bass. Scott Kinsey is playing keyboard. Scott's from, uh, played with Miles, and he also played with uh, Tribal Tech. Wow. Uh, Tribal and Tech, monster band. Yeah, when I started doing that record, I, J Jimmy was like, hey, man, it, it came about because Jimmy played on the Bootsy record. And so I contacted Jimmy and we were talking on the phone. And he goes, you ever think about doing a jazz record? I'm like, yeah, I, I'd love to do a jazz record. Would you produce it? And he goes, yeah, send me. Why don't you send me some songs? You have did you have you written like some jazz jazz stuff? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I up with him and I started writing. <laughs> That's a good move. Yeah. yeah I mean, right? I think I had one thing. You, know? <laughs> you saw the so opportunity, I, Joe, and you went for it. That's good. Yeah. yeah good for I you. Sent him, I, I sent him a bunch of songs and, and he was like, oh, well, these are good. Mm. And he, I sent him 10 and he picked six. Uh-huh. ended up doing yeah, yeah. We ended up doing yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, listen, since we're on that topic and we were talking about jazz and all those guys... Jimmy, can you hit us up with Blue and Green? Because I'd like to check that out. We can play that for everybody.
amazing. I, I remember I saw I saw Randy Brecker play with I think it Hal Galpin or Hal Galper. I don't know how you pronounce his name. He was playing at Grendel's Lair. I saw him. I think I think I was probably about 19, 18, 19 years old. But Michael Brecker was playing. It was Rand and, and Hal Galpin was playing piano, and uh, Randy Brecker uh, was playing trumpet, and Michael Brecker was playing sax. Uh, I mean. Those guys, you hear that tone, it's it's insane. Your guitar playing doesn't sound bad either, Joe. Sound great. Really great, man. Really, really good. Congratulations, man. It really sounds beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's it's really cool. Where were those tracks? Where where that the you might have mentioned this, that the actual tracks, do you know where the rhythm tracks were cut? Where were they cut? Um um Jimmy and Scott. Um, they cut their tracks in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Randy lives in Long lives on Long Island yeah. in New York, and Randy and Ada cut their tracks at their home. Mm. Everybody does it that I, way these days. Yeah, I cut my tracks with my cousin Eric mm. at studio, and um, Eric, I think Eric cut the drums. He either cut them at Range in Ardmore or. Really um, nice. He cut the drums yeah, at range. Yeah. Pretty sure he did uh, with Aaron. Sounds like you're all in the same room, though. Well, the thing is, it's like, you know, it was pretty much like we started the Bootsy record. I call it the Bootsy record because it's, you know, um, that was the first thing that came about. We cut that record, started that on March 12th, 2020. So it was, we, Throughout COVID, we worked on the record. That's that's what we did because there was no gig, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we 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 did that record in 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 2020, and then I started on the jazz record. Um, I think it was October of last year is when we started that, and now we're just getting finished with that. But um. You know that the, the Bootsy record came about because I did Nam in 2020. Nam is um, going on right now, isn't it? It's, it's over. It's now. over, right? It was uh, yeah. it was so odd but, to have Nam in, in Los Angeles in June. It was strange, yeah, yeah. you know. That's usually in January. Right. Um, so in, in January 2020, I went to Nam. I I was asked to play um, at the. Um, roto sound party so i flew to la and i, I did that with billy sheehan oh, bass player. Uh, i see i see <laughs> billy billy does mr big he's he's usually doing the festival thing in the summer so i'll see him yeah. from time to time yeah. uh uh as a big studio in nashville and he still teaches yeah. and he he's a really cool guy yeah. you know so i i asked him when we were done playing um Hey, you know, I think I'm going to do this record. Would you play bass on it? And he goes, yeah, sure. So he's on one cut. Cool. I I played with uh, I played with Sonny Landreth, the, yeah. the greatest player. And he's on one cut of my record. Hmm. And then I have a good friend named Gary Hoey. Yeah, I know Gary. He, San Diego. Yeah. That's right. I, he lived not too far from me when I was in, uh, when I lived in Southern California, Southern, Southern California. I was in san diego so i know gary gary's a you know i mean in san diego he's a legend you know but uh gu gu guitar aficionados yeah. he's he, he wills. In, what he lives on the 
from Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Oh, is that where he's living these days? Is that where he is? Yeah, he lives. You know what? I bet. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a label called Surf Dog, but Neil Schroeder has a label that's based out of uh, it's in San Diego. So he he, he was one of their main people. So, you know, I was out there for 20 years. So I just assumed that he was a a San Diego guy because he was always there, you know. Yeah. He he did the endless summer. He did the soundtrack, ah. and um, but he um, I I met Gary because we we played Texas together. So we did this every year. There's this thing called the International Guitar Festival, mm. and it's on by my friend Jimmy Wallace. Ah. And Jimmy gets all these people together. So um, at any time, like I I played with a lot of cats down there. And I'll tell you, it was a great schooling for me because um, when you go to Texas, when you go to Texas, um, I remember the, the, the first time I was playing the International Guitar Festival and I was playing with Jimmy and uh, Jerry Don Branch and all these cats and I was listening to that the way they played blues and I'm like, I don't do that. Mm. I, I need. I need to get that in my arsenal. What what is it that they did different than than what you did? It's just like I I think I I grew up like studying the Johnny Winter and yeah, live. That's a great record though. The greatest, yeah. yeah. And Johnny Texas and and there's a few cats that play like that down there, but mostly they every note they play has such like emotion and feeling and and. I didn't feel like I was doing that. So I learned, I learned something from them, but that's, that's the way I am. Like, I never think I'm any good sometimes. It keeps you rolling, like, man. Trying to learn something, yeah. you know, yeah. learn something today, you know, so I could be better. Yeah. At what I, you know? that's incredible. That's, I'll tell you, that's, I, I, I admire that. I, I, uh, I, I like Freddie, I'm a practicer. I, 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 I'm one of these guys. I was away for the last three days um, I took Dallin out to uh, Frank Lloyd Light, Frank Lloyd Wright's place, uh, Falling Water, and I went to see the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. And and you know I'm not carrying. I didn't even bring sticks with me. So I, I'm a little bit. I get a little mental. You know. I mean, I, I, up up until then, I was I constantly had sticks in my hands. I was constantly doing something. And then I'm away for a few days, and I go, oh, something feels off. You know, you're probably the same way. Every day you got to be, I did, but you'll be proud of me about this, Joe. I carried my baby Taylor with me. <laughs> so I would do a couple of like, you know, scales and things like that to keep my fingers going. But practicing and playing and wanting to get better every day at something and learning. So I think what you meant, you said learning something, even not getting better, but learning something, even if it's something that, you know, that's, that's key, Right. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, I'll sit down at the piano because I, I play piano. I mean, that's one thing I do play besides guitars. I do play piano and I do play violin. Wow. So <laughs> when I play violin, when I practice violin, I'll go throughout. There's there's a book called the Wolfhart book and, and Opus 45. And you can use it for guitar, too, but it's a great violin book. <sighs> and I have... I have all these like baroque kind of duets, and I'll record one, one, 
one one of the parts on violin and I'll play live to that with the next one. I just do it on my phone too. Yeah. You know, I have this JBL five and I'll record something on my phone and then I'll play it through the JBL flip. I'll give myself a count and then I'll play along with it, you know. And I, I practice like that all the time. And um I I guess I would practice like maybe three two or three hours every day. Um wow. now it's less because I'm I'm doing a little bit more like like I met with the art director that I'm, I'm doing for the record, um, for both records. Mm. It's going to be both. So I, I had to do that yesterday. And, you know, just a couple other things here and there that, that I'm taking care of as far as like, um, I have this uh, deal with Pat, Patty Collins, who's Bootsy's wife. Is, we're, we're constantly talking about different things that we're going to do. And then I meet with the A&R guy. So there's been a lot of that lately uh-huh. and talk to me. Jimmy's on the road right now with Oz right now. Um, Oz Noise, yeah. a great guitar. Yeah. Too. And, you know, I talk to Jimmy a lot and, and we discuss different things about the production and about, you know, Jimmy would, would, would call me like here and there with the record and go, do that over. That, that's, you know, this is a different level. I want you to, I want you to uh, play that solo again, or yeah. you know, the one wants to he 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 does a lot is um, he motivates me to be a better player by like giving me stuff to listen to too. Yeah. Jimmy will always like say, "Listen to this," and I want you to try and capture this. Right. You know, and 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 he's done that a lot for me. In, in 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 doing this record so not only is he my pro- producer but um he's also been a good teacher yeah wow you're really you know, at this, I, well you know you've earned it you know it's it, you know you get to all the work that you do you get somebody like that a, a confidant a teacher producer uh it's it's yeah. great stuff learn there's this other cat who runs ebe named mike gendler and and Mike's a drummer, but he's a producer. And when I gave him the Bootsy record, um, he he said, "Listen, I, I think the songs are great, but I'm not liking the production. Let me work this." And so he kind of brought like the Bootsy record. The way I look at it, it's kind of like supernatural. Yeah the record supernatural because because I'm older I, I wanted to portray myself more as the Santana g- guitar guy and then I I I I was singing um a bulk of the material that I wrote mm. uh, but fired myself from that. <laughs> you fired the vocalist, right? Were you being difficult, Joe? Were you being difficult? <laughs> the difficult lead singer, huh? <laughs> the thing the thing was is that I I felt like the songs had more of an R and B feel, and I have more of like a Mickey Thomas, you know, uh, tenor sound. So I wanted to hire somebody that was more in kind of like the Bruno Mars category. So I hired this guy Rich White, and he came from EBE, and that's Mike's company. And then Mike basically took the songs and 
made them a little bit more modern and made them a little bit more saleable, I think, public. And I've gotten some good response from, um, we've gotten good re response from a couple distributors in Europe that want to push Love is Power. That's one of And that's what Boot picked as the first single. And he had a hand in the production we got, too. We uh, have... Uh, we have love is power. Uh, let's yeah. let's why don't we why don't we play a bit of that? Why don't we play that?
Wow. Hey, I want to chat a little bit. That sounds beautiful, man. That that is uh, that's great, oh. man. That's really nice. I was, I, you know, I'm glad you. Uh, so th- this is a song that actually you were singing before, and then you hired this guy. Yes. Cool. Yeah. cool. I sang it to him in the studio. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted him to do, and and he's a brilliant, brilliant singer. He sounds amazing. Yeah. He just took it out and, you know, did did what I needed him to do. Wow. Uh, nice song, vocal, too. Vocal goes yeah. to Rich White. Yeah. And song sounds great as well. Really, really yeah. great stuff. You know, it's a re- really, really great. Um, So uh, touring, have you seen you, you spend much time in Europe? Have you gone because you're playing like I hear your music like it. it you got a real eclectic thing going on because the fact you play all these different instruments and, and, uh, uh, and what about the, now a lot of guys, players, like uh, the jam band circuit thing. Have, is that something you've ever like thought about getting involved with, you know, have you done any of that? Well, like I said, you know, early in our conversation, David and Fred, um, I've, um, you know, I've done the tribute world, you know, I do this thing, uh, called Broken Arrow and it's a tribute. Yeah. It's a hugely yeah. popular. It's real. I mean, you guys are doing um, great. You know, uh, before COVID hit, um, we were, we were on track to do like 30 of those 30, 35 gigs a year doing that play yeah. places like, um, uh, you know, we played the Ardmore Music Hall. We actually sold that out a number of times, too. Uh, we would wow. play the Arcata in Chicago, um, both Infinity Music Halls in Connecticut. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember you played a venue that I played. I played a venue with Smash Palace uh, in New Jersey. It was a theater and we were opening for a country artist. I remember there weren't a lot of people there, but I remember the theater was a really nice theater. And I saw you guys were playing there as well. I'm trying to, it was on the way to Atlantic know, City somewhere. I know the Lavoy. Boy. There you go. The Lavoy, right, Freddie? Yep. You probably played there. It's I never before, have. Right? No, but I, I it's know. A really, of it's it. a not, nice place, though. What's the name? Bob Rose, the yep. promoter. Book Steve's band there. We played there. It was a really nice venue. Yeah, and I do this. I do this other tribute called Live at the Fillmore, and that's all brothers okay. band stuff. Oh, so right I, on. Right. You know, we, we, you know, we actually have a, a run coming up where we're going to go um, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, and then back. Yeah. Do you know Johnny Neal by chance? Are you familiar with Johnny Neal, the piano player? Uh, have you ever played with Johnny? Have you ever played yep, with Johnny? I know him. Wow. He's, he's another one of those guys that uh, be, I, I'm guessing because his, he's blind or almost blind that his senses are so uh, amazing that like playing with that cat was really a mind blower. I mean, he did the Allman Brothers gig for, I think a Greg passed away for about 10 years. Uh, a great singer, great piano player. Yeah. Figures you would play with a friend. Doc cool. Strong played with Johnny Neal too. Doc, yeah. Doc played guitar uh, in in Johnny's band for a little bit. Yeah, I heard Johnny. I haven't talked to Johnny in a bit. 
I did some recording with him, and Johnny's a super good dude. But I heard he's not his health is a little. I think he had a, a stroke or something not too long ago, and he's kind of getting himself back. But you know, I I, I think he's diabetic too, David. I think. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, every day I, I you know, I was watching the uh, while being down there in Pittsburgh. I watched the uh, documentary on Warhol, and he would always say, "Health is wealth." So lately I've been thinking, you know, uh, how lucky all of us are to be feeling well and doing, doing what we're doing because, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're lucky to be doing it and lucky to be healthy. And until you've had like any kind of thing like that happen, you don't know. Cause I know Johnny, Johnny always made the best of his situation with his eyesight. I didn't think he saw this coming, but you know, when you have something like that go on, it makes you kind of assess your life you know, like, holy crap, you know, so, you know, uh, we're all very lucky people, you know, yeah, you, you gotta, yeah. you gotta be an athlete to do what we do. <laughs> Almost. Good way to put yeah. it. I, I, you're, you're, Joe, you're so yeah, right. When you go, I, I remember, I remember being on the plane to Hawaii and I had just come from a gig the night before. And then I got up the next morning and I, I flew to Atlanta, and then I flew from Atlanta to Honolulu. And um, <laughs> I remember getting off the plane and, and meeting the rest of the band because Bootsy, uh, for that tour, hired uh, some of Prince's band. So uh, I got to play. We right. did a tribute to Prince, and um, I played with members of Prince's band, and I was playing. Great, but always great. And <laughs> I remember them like correcting me on a couple little things, you know. I remember, yeah. I remember um, yeah. Adrian Crutchfield. Um, he played alto with Prince. He's like, uh, that, "That's great, Joe, but that's not quite right, you know." Yeah. <laughs> right, sixteenth right. note off, man. I'm like, okay, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And Bootsy was yeah, sitting there, yeah. and Bootsy's like. Mm -hmm. I can just see him doing that. And, um, but it was a great concert. And talking oh about God. what we were just talking about, um, uh, Adrian said, yeah, man, you, ha you had to be an athlete to be in Prince's band because I lived, oh. you had to live oh. in Minneapolis. That was number one. And you were on four wow. seven. You had a beeper and a Prince beeped you. You had to, whatever you were doing, yeah, you had to go to the studio. He mm. was. He he was like that a hundred percent of the time, and and um, I I guess you know that's a testament to like, no matter what you're doing, you have you have to be on like every second. Oh you know? yeah. And if you're yeah, that's a bit of pressure. If you're man. not on, then then you get replaced. Not that's yeah. the way he was. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, it was that that was that was that was a really good learning experience i mean all the stuff i've, I've yeah. done has been has been a learning experience like when i, I played with right. robert hazard here in philadelphia yeah. oh right on yeah. i didn't know that i didn't know that uh starting in 1994 got me okay. that gig fred D. He was right the on. bass player did you play with kenny my kenny friend kenny Bernard Bernard? oh I, I, I kenny's a good buddy of mine i yeah, love kenny. kenny was the salt of the earth kenny was uh, Kenny was in the band. Fred was the bass player. Fred got me. He yeah. recommended me to Robert. Um, yeah. Um, I forget who else. Uh, oh, this was 
the time when Robert was calling the band the Roberts. <laughs> Chip, <laughs> the guitar that. player. Oh. You know, and, and so Robert hired me to play keyboards at that time and some guitar. So I was playing keyboards in the band. And then Chip left, and then I became the guitar player. And I played with Robert from 94 until 2000 and the end of 2003. Wow. And I did one record with him called Ombres. Oh, I got to pick that up. I got to grab it's, it. I don't, I don't think he ever put it out, but uh, uh, I, uh, I have somewhere I have a copy of that. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. I'm a fan of Roberts. You know, I, I, I always loved him and I, brilliant writer. It's sad when you think about somebody who loses their life at that age, man. And what a talent, you know, I, I uh, hold him and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. he's, he's an icon. Super here, talent. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people I play with Felix Pastorius, Jocko's son. And we did a tribute. I did this tribute to Jocko with Gerald Beasley. You can look that up on yeah. the internet. It's like, uh, I'll check 2012. it out. Uh, yeah, we had yeah. one rehearsal. Um, on that gig was Pablo Batista was playing percussion, and wow, I know the original yeah. drummer from Weather Report was playing drums. Oh, Bill right Brown, on. One of the uh -huh. original drummers for wow. Weather Report, and Gerald was playing bass. I was playing guitar. Um, it was a really great concert, and I, I, I learned so much from that show. And uh, then we did another one with Felix playing bass. And uh, Felix and I got along real well. And we did this wow. concert together. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. Joe, from everybody. Amazing. I learned a lot from Justin Bellow. I yeah. was his music director. Yeah. And yeah. uh, you know what? You keep referencing, you You know, this, this podcast has been great because there's been a common theme. You you, you say, I learned a lot. I, I Joe, it's, it's it, you know, the... I always get good guests. Always we get great people to talk to. But you, you're such a humble cat, and you're you have this attitude of I want to learn, and you're still growing, and you're excited about music, and you know that's that's inspiring to me. You know uh, the things we talked about. You know we're we're coming close to the end of the, of the podcast, and I, and um, man, you got to promise me at some time maybe you uh. Maybe you come back and we chat some more because you got like a lot of lives going on in one show. Well, I would love to come back. I mean, yeah. yeah. One thing I do is I, you know, I love Philadelphia. Um, you know, I've always, always been a fan of the music scene. Yeah. Um, people talk yeah. about the music scene in New York, but you know, the music scene here is pretty amazing. Oh. Oh, no doubt. There's, no doubt. you know, the pop bands. Let's go to the jazz A's, bands. Amazing. Like, Robert yeah. Hazard. And and all these all these incredible, incredible yeah. musicians that made all yeah. that music yeah. app. Well, I want to get you at some point you gotta come play on one of the in the pocket tracks. Go. I'd love to get you to do something. Freddie has. I'd love to, yes. you know. You know. I'm gonna track you down outside the podcast because we talked about doing something and I would love to. I'd be I'd be over the moon because I mean the stuff we talk about and your your likes and what you want to do, it's it's very impressive. It's very Yeah, cool. I, I wanna say one more thing about like learning and everything. Like for if there's any musicians out there that are, you know, 
aspiring to do what we do, um, it, it doesn't matter how old old you are, and also when when Good you point. when you keep learning, that's how you stay young too. Yeah, indeed. By yeah. learning new things. Yeah. When you were right. when you were five years old, the world was everything was 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 a learning experience. So I try yeah. to do that now and 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 I just keep going and 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 try and get better at what I do because um you know, you, you could always get better at what you do. Nobody is the best. Mm, yeah, I think you're doomed when you start thinking like that. I think learning your attitude is something that you hear. You just got to, you know, because the, there's so much to learn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, sometimes I like I'll put on I'll put on a video like uh, on YouTube or something and I'll go listen to this guy play. I mean, <laughs> right. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I got to yeah. him. Take a yeah. little piece of what he does and enter. In, you know, mm. injected into what I do. And, and, and yeah. that's how I mold myself into different things and learn different things. You know, I mean, I, 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 <clears throat> I, I've always been able to do that. And, and it's just, you know, it's just an ongoing thing, you know? Yeah. That's good stuff. Hey, listen, so people that are going to see the podcast, uh, probably the link will be available later this afternoon. I believe when Jim has it ready, uh, what should we know about what's coming up? What, you know, the records are coming out. What would you like to promote? Because it's your time to you give us that, that shout out. Okay. Um, well, I, I do have a show coming up on the 24th of June with Broken Arrow. That's our cool. music hall. Uh, nice. The records that I have will be coming out probably in the late summer um, for the Connections record. The record's called yeah. And that's on the Bootsilla label. I'll share that on my social media when it's ready. Yep. You let me and, know. And um other than that, you know, I'm I'm just constantly working with different different acts and doing different things. Cool. I post yeah. stuff periodically. Um yeah, yeah. So, I mean I always when I yeah. Are you busy on the 25th? I'm playing. I'm playing. It's going to hit Freddie, too. I got this in the pocket thing going on. Concert under the stars in Upper Marion. If you're playing the 24th, if you're not busy on the 25th, come and sit in and play a couple tunes with us, man. I It'd be could, cool. But I'm, I'm if you're playing, free. You're I'm working. working the next <laughs> on the 25th. Playing with there you go. I know. You're working, man. Yeah, I got but, you. Um, yeah, man. Um, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it was a blast. I totally enjoyed what you David. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Fred and I have been friends a long time. I love, yeah. We had our first band together. Love Fred. Fred is my man. A monster musician, too. He yeah, really indeed. is. And, oh, shucks. And he, <laughs> and the best human being Fred, on the planet. I uh, love you guys, so, too. It's, it's all good. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully we all... We all just continue to do what we do. We love you. Yeah. And we love everybody out there for supporting what we do. I always put that. Yes. Whenever I put something up, I say, thank you so much for supporting all our musicians out there. Yep. All of Indeed. Our and there's yeah. Indeed. So, yeah. There's so many great guitar players just in our area. My good friend, Chris Gordon, that I've played um, many shows with. We did a the whole jazz run at JJ's Grotto. 
we we oh, did cool. this thing at JJ's for four years. He was with me. I did the gig for ten years. That's how I learned the real book and how to how to play that of the real book. I went and got a gig. <laughs> Nice, but uh, wow. he's great. And, you know, there's just so many great players just out out of the out of. The, yeah, yeah. That so many yeah. great things. Um, right. You know, you guys are there's two of them. I'm looking at two of them right now. Uh, <laughs> we keep working at it. <laughs> we keep working yeah, at it, man. man. Hey, well, listen. Thank you for being our guest, Joe. It was an absolute guest. I'm going to give you a shout, regardless. We can't do the, the 25th. We'll figure something out. Freddie, I love, love you. Too, I hope bro. I see you on the 25th. I and we'll have talk two about gigs that, that day. Oh, come on, make three. That all, day. Right, all right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, listen, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on In the Pocket. Thank you, David.